and what is going on people it is your boys back again with another episode of beer rapping beer rapping banner episode 73 thanks for listening make sure you subscribe make sure you go tell your friends tell everyone we had the last few episodes out we had black pound day and we had the episode with matthew zia and we've also got the play on podcast which is a football podcast and we had that recently with Ryan Skillet, who's a Liverpool fan. I go by the name of Ben English. And I go by the name of Cal Sirius. Welcome to the voice of the voiceless. Coming straight from the underclass. It's a blast from the past. The bomber clock. Boss man with the bars. Man Ding. until your spars. Yell them, take off your bras. Cal <laughs> Sirius was good. When you jump on the train, make sure you wear your mask. You know what I'm saying? Come on, you've been wearing your mask? Have you got different masks? Because I've um, my mum, yeah, listen to this. So my mum's been at home and she's been making a million masks, different masks, different patterns, different styles. And she's been she's been proper getting into it. So um yeah, I've got my masks at the ready. Um I've got a couple on pre-order. Not pre-order, but you know, they're on the way. Um, so I'm kind of using bootleg methods at the moment. I'm just wrapping my face in a bandana and I'm doing it like that. Because they say all you need is a face covering. That is the specific government guidance, face covering. So I'm go. I'm out looking like a bandito. You got to be careful. They don't, yeah, you're walking in there with a bandana in your face, and you're around your face like a... <laughs> Like a bank robber or something. <laughs> like, Mate, I've had a lot. I've I've had a lot of funny looks already. Tall, six foot two, black man with with a bandana on his face. Yeah, it's uh, it's getting a few looks. What's but, it? You know, it is what it is, man. You claim people are coming up to you going, "Yo, blood." <laughs> <laughs> Everyone doing mad hand signs and shit. Throwing up mad. <laughs> what up, curs? What up, what up, curs? Throwing up your C's, the COVID C's. Throwing up your. <laughs> Looking like they got cerebral palsy and shit. Yo, what up, curs? <laughs> um, but yeah, we, we've we, we've got some sad news to probably get out, out of the way first before we roll into to, to whatever else we're going to do. Um, seems like a bit of a casual, chilled out episode today. Um, um, well, before we get into the news, what are you drinking right there at the moment, there, brother? I've got a nice posh cup of green tea, and it's posh purely because I've got a little slice of lemon in there. Nice, nice. I am just drinking. Normal loose leaf tea. So beer wrap and banner. We're 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 doing tea tea wrap and banner like the old days where we weren't drinking. I had a few drinks yesterday at the pub. Um, someone I used to work with. I was keeping social distancing outside. So I had a few drinks last night. So I'm just going to take it easy today. Um, it's definitely not super tea wrap and banner. Just regular tea wrap and banner. Oh, super tenants. Can you imagine if we backed a can each? If we did a can each of super tenants and then went on the podcast, that that would be. Oh. That'd be an absolute madness. I don't think anyone would want to listen to that. Be incoherent, mate. We'd be slurring about ten minutes into it. We'd have to record it on a park bench. <laughs> <laughs> we need those little market gloves. You know the gloves with no thick where that where they don't cover your fingers. Yeah. Couple of market gloves. Uh you know, like a, a string vest like Rapsy Nesbit, can of super tea, park bench. I think that's about right. In a plastic bag from Iceland. <laughs> plastic bag. <laughs> Couple of cans in the plastic bag, yeah? Couple of cans. It'll be like Kieran Tierney with his Tesco bag, but we'll have our Iceland bag with some tenant super tea. Three, four, for, four for £3 from Boss Man in the local shop. Bargain. I'll take it. Uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, sad, sad news. Uh, there's been a couple of people passed away very recently. 
um, sad news to hear about um, Steve, DJ Steve Sutherland. Um, I'm not sure if you're too aware about him, Ben, but from uh, an absolute legend in the music scene. Um, I, I wasn't aware of just how wide his impact was until, you know, usually when somebody passes, it kind of inspires you to, to look them up a bit. And he just he did so much more than I thought he did. I just knew him as a guy that had a radio show and was a club DJ, but he did a lot more than that, man. He was he was a, a guy with a huge impact. It was even as part a part of the um do you remember the twice as night? Um twice, twice as nice. Yeah. Like house and garage and I think they would have a couple of rooms usually, wouldn't they? There would be like a an R and B room and then there would be like a house and garage room. Yeah. And he was a part of you know of of, of, of those nights there. Um so yeah, and he's a huge loss, man. Like he, he did so much on radio. He was he was a part of so many different radio stations. And um there's other people that could probably speak a lot more highly of him than I could. But I'll just say rest in peace. He was a legend in the, the music scene over here in the UK and he will be sorely missed. Um, um RIP Steve Sutherland and lots of people listening probably of of our age, similar age and growing growing up in London. <clears throat> would have gone partying to twice as nice parties or, or danced to Steve Sutherland playing lots of sort of house and garage late 90s, uh, early 2000s and even recently. So um, thoughts go out to his family and friends, prayers go out to him. And then there was another loss, wasn't there, um, this morning? Um, I heard of one, was it this morning or was it yesterday? Uh, I heard this morning, it might have been yesterday, of uh, Jack Charlton. Yeah, Jack Charlton. I was just going to say on Steve Sutherland, I think he was on a lot of radio stations. He was on Choice FM, he was on um, Galaxy FM, Radio 1. People have probably listened to his music and not even knew that it was him playing it. You know, he was that big, like he was everywhere. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Jack Charlton, wow. I mean, again, doing a little read-up, I found that his name isn't even Jack. Apparently his name's John. <laughs> so... I wonder if Jack was just like a little, you know, like uh, someone's name is James and they call him Jimmy, like one of those kind of things. Mm. Um, but yeah, absolute legend. He won the World Cup in 1966. I mean, you don't really need to say more than that. That makes you an absolute football legend. Won the World Cup of England in 1966. Yeah. Um, yeah. He was uh, he managed Ireland as well. He managed Ireland in uh, World Cup. Um, was it a no? Was it ninety four? Was it the national team? Or he was doing the World Cup then. Um, and also, like you said, he played for the World Cup winning team in sixty six. Uh, spent um, a lot of his career at Leeds United, uh, and he's also got his brother uh, Bobby Charlton, who was um, you know one of England's greatest strikers or goal scorers of all time. So. Um, really outspoken, always had a lot to say, um, and sadly missed, will be sadly missed. With... I thought he was always on point when, uh, sorry to cut you there, but I always thought he was really on point when he um, he came out, because he, he seemed to really care about what's going on in football, yeah. um, and he had a good opinion. Yeah, it's always sad, it's always sad, I think, when <clears throat> two people, like you just mentioned, Steve Sutherland and Jack Charlton, people who we've um, grown up uh, following either in music or through sport and then it's sad when anyone passes um, and it just sort of 
you know, just just brings back fond memories. I like to I like to celebrate people's lives, um, and, and we concentrate on the positives that they've done. So I'm definitely going to be playing some Steve Sutherland later, um, and just thoughts go out to them too. Like thoughts go out to everyone listening. Obviously, it's still hard times. COVID is still rocking. Um, people are going to the pub, or people are being a bit more relaxed. But we just urge people to be safe. Uh, keep washing your hands. Wear your face masks. Don't socialise too much with different people. Just be careful out there. Did you know Steve Sutherland had a residency in Ibiza? Um, I haven't been to Ibiza. I know just how flipping important it is um, to have a top DJ there because the crowds are fanatical. There's clubs where you know you can get ten thousand people in there, manumission, and all these types of big events. Um, and to have a residency out there, that's a big flipping deal, man. You know what I mean? You're probably getting flown out there, like they're paying for the flight, they're paying for the accommodation, and you're there, maybe you're there playing for the whole summer while everyone's going on their summer holidays in July and in August and shit, man. And and you're going to, like, you know, like the memories that I have of going on, like, you know, a lad's holiday with the boys back in the day, the good vibes and the good music. He was one of those guys that was providing those good times for us, the, the memories that we have when we're looking back. And, you know, he's one of the, he's the music man, you know. It's a shame. R.I.P. I was just going to say, what was your memory? Was 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 I B for your first lad's holiday with Amanda? Um, well... There was there was trips with different groups. So uh, Amsterdam was probably my first lads' holiday. Although it wasn't with like my boys' boys, no, which you're probably referring to as the Mandem. Yeah, no, I mean like your proper like um, beach, Mandem, uh, beach, beach, sun, sun and sea and sand and all of that. Yeah, 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 yeah. I've only been on two, and Ibiza was the first one. Oh, what a first? Um, what a first one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it, it was a good place to go, man. It was a good place to go. A lot, lot of fun, man. A lot of fun. Um, two... How about you? What was your, your first yeah. one? Um, just because there's two sides to the island, right? There's like one side of Ibiza, there's like proper house and you're paying 80, 80 euros to get in. And it's like mad expensive, which I've been to. I've been to Ibiza a few times. My first holiday was Tenerife you know, with the lads from school. And it was six, six girls and then six guys. And we, we all went as friends, or some people were in relationships. And, yeah, I had a good time, man. Got my first away goal. Go on. Um... <laughs> At a young age, so it was, it, was, it, was, it was a good experience, man. It was good times. Yeah, yeah. Um, I never heard that story, actually. That's quite an interesting one. Anyone else I know that went on that trip there? Um, just people from school. Yeah, you know, uh, Kevin, Ryan, mm. um... Adam Kirby, Heathers, Helen. So just all the, some of the girls and guys, probably even from your class, really. Um, Shout out to Elstone Peeps. From my class, uh, what, Liz? Yeah, she was there. She was there. Yeah, she had an eventful holiday there. Oh, yeah? I won't go into all right. it. All right. I'm going to have to talk to her about that. <laughs> um, girls from my class or boys from my class as well? Everyone, everyone. Right, listeners, we're alien. Everyone, this is just me and Cal talking now. So if you're thinking, what the fuck? Yeah, I know. Um, but yeah, like, no, I'm sure our listeners can relate to having good times on holiday and stuff like that, man. Um, holidays are dope. I think it's a coming of age, especially for us in the UK. I think it's like a, a coming of age when you go on holiday, your first holiday of 17, 18, 19. You're going away somewhere in, in Europe. 
Um, lots of booze, lots of women, lots of lads, just carnage, absolute carnage. So I know America, they have, they have Miami or they have spring break in Cancun and stuff, but we, we either go to Amsterdam or we go like a Spanish Spanish coastal place, don't we usually? It kind of it, it, it changes, doesn't it? Because I think... I think back in the day, Ibiza was the one, like, in the 90s and the early 2000s. And then it got old. And it was like, what's the next wave? Mm. And then it's like people going to Falaraki. Yeah. And then people going to Zanti. And yeah. people going to, you know, Tenerife. So it's kind of whatever's popping at the time changes. I guess it, it might depend on what DJs are going out there and stuff like that as well. Because if you're, if you're with the R&B and hip-hop crowd, or if you're with the garage, the house and garage crowd, you know, where those DJs are getting residencies and getting booked is probably going to be what dictates where you want to really go. Because you don't want to go, like... Because some part of Ibiza is, like, it's all techno and trance and mad EDM, like, which isn't really my scene, you know what I mean? I remember being in one of them raves and it was just mad people off their fucking nut. Um, <laughs> you know what I mean? And the music was all crazy. And I was just like... Wow, this is a madness. Let me come out for some air. Um, so you know, you need you need the Steve Sullivan's supplying the smooth grooves for you to, you know what I mean, do your moves and you know what I mean, feel confident and go go talk to some ladies and shit. Um, I, I can't imagine anybody wrapping up an EDM rave, man. Them lot are all off their fucking nut, mate. Oh, man, I don't know, man. You'd be surprised. Everyone's just looking for love because they're buzzing, but. It's hard. That you definitely can't draw a girl or dance with a girl when it's like you'd be like, "Excuse me, excuse me, can I talk? To you? Can I try and dance?" <laughs> if anything, it's probably frowned upon. You can't even you can't even catch a catch a dance or a wine with a girl in a in like a house rave or a or a techno thing because it's all everyone's just got their own space and everyone's just zoning out. Even if they're on something or they're not on something, but R and B hip-hop, maybe a bit of garage if it's a bit more, like, cool or whatever, you might be able to... Well, you'd definitely be able to catch a dance. Um, Cultural etiquette is important here, isn't it? Like, yeah. I remember hearing once that in France, you can't move to Gyal in France like how we moved to Gyal here in the UK. Like, you know, you, like, you have to be a, a lot more respectful. Um, <laughs> it's always respectful. At, <laughs> I mean, obviously, man, they moved to Gal in a respectful way here. But like, did you see that image recently of a guy uh, at at the wireless festival, and he's like taking a picture with some girl, and he's gripped up her chest and everything? This guy, so yeah, this guy, I, don't, I can't remember his name. I, I searched for it, but there's videos of him getting um getting hotted up on the high street, and he got rushed. Oh shit! Damn. Yeah. He's a something Bammy or Bumney, some 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 name like that. And basically, there's a picture of him with his hand down the girl's top and she's apparently underage um, and he's a bit of a YouTube prankster so there was recently of him getting wrapped up by a couple of the men then, like they just had him in a headlock they were wrapping him up and then the girl he was with tried to run inside the nail shop to protect him but um, yeah we don't condone any of that we don't condone any of that we, we condone drawing a girl and being respectful and sometimes you've got to be assertive and be on the front foot. Because if you try and talk to a girl back in the day and you're a bit shy or you've got no confidence, then you weren't, nothing was happening. But it's interesting what you're saying about Paris is different. Mm. And so, yeah, man. Join yeah, girls. Well, 
Yeah, all, all, all of that. Like, I suppose every city you go to, every country you go to, things are going to be a bit different. People behave and move a little bit differently. So kind of going back to what you were saying about in the EDM raves, you probably can't move to to girls like that. That's that's kind of what made me think about in France because in a hip-hop and an R&B kind of context, people are expected to, to be dancing like a random guy going up to a random girl and then dancing with her is very acceptable. That is kind of part and parcel of, you know, a lot of single people are going to these dances, right? And they like dancing with people. But if you do that in an EDM, <laughs> like that's probably not culturally acceptable. It's going to be like, what the actual fuck are you doing walking across this fucking dance and trying to dance with a, a random woman? Like, what, what are you thinking? Do you know what I mean? It's just culturally inappropriate sweaty so trying to get all up close with your sweaty armpits and all sweat beading off your head and your eyeballs all going all over the place and you're, you're gurning and you're buzzing <laughs> mad thing mad thing so I'm saying because I remember D&B raves like squat raves and stuff and again it was a thing where people would come in groups that like where they kind of knew each other and then people would regularly go to the same D&B raves and sort of become mates and just know each other oh you're the guy that, or you're the girl that I always see at the raves right but there wasn't a whole lot of strangers actually moving to each other and dancing with each other. It was more just like people that know each other, you know what I mean, doing their own thing. Mm. Um, whereas in, in hip-hop and R&B and in, like, Bashment, and mm. it's all just totally different, like, so... Yeah, definitely, yeah. but Bashment in itself, like, you can dance. A dance is just a dance. So you could you could, you could have a dance with a girl... And she's she's winding up on you, and you're you're winding up for ages, and it's all getting steamy. And then, and then she'll just go to someone else, or you'll go to someone else, and it won't necessarily mean that you've drawn her. You've just you just caught a wine in it. You just caught a dance, and then, but in R and B and other stuff, more time you'll you'll you the build up play will then proceed to you getting the number and chatting to her or whatever. So there's definitely there's definitely strategies and etiquettes in the good old days. But not in house music, and not well in house music, yes, but not like them hard techno or drum and bass raves because you can't even hear what the other person's saying. I like and, these football analogies you're using. The build-up play, yeah, like okay, okay, like a little one, two, a little give and go, and then next thing you know, the through ball comes through, and it's an away goal. <sighs> he shoots, he scores. Thirty thousand fans giving you the round of applause as you walk away with the girl in it at the end of the at the end of the night. <laughs> You go to take her back and then everyone's giving a clap. Oh, he's had a man in a match performance there. What a player. But his pull-out game was weak, so he ends up with a youth player. (laughs) 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 More youths coming through the system. They're bringing through loads of youths at this club. Oh, no way, no way. Pull-out game game was strong. (laughs) (laughs) Just left it to dribble on the floor. Oh, football pun intended. Did you hear that? Yeah, I heard that. I heard that. I heard that. Um, yeah. <laughs> sometimes you need them five-yard tappings and sometimes you need them 25-yard volleys. You get me? Everyone needs a little five-yard tapping every now and again just to, just to keep, the, uh, keep the numbers ticking over. Even the greatest strikers have a five-yard tapping, if you know what I mean. Certain lads will know what I mean. <laughs> um... Another another serious topic, switching it up completely. Um, I watched the right honourable 
Like, how have we gone from that Greece to talk to honourable talk? But that's BRB, that's what we do. The right honourable Minister Farrakhan mm. came forth with an amazing speech. Now, I don't like, I, I don't like follow him to the point where I could tell you all about his speeches inside out. But I know he doesn't do speeches often. Um, and I think with this one, he wanted to address his people. Obviously, he's talking to, you know, the followers of his religion, the nation of Islam. And he wanted to address his people during this time of a pandemic being out. And some of the stuff he said was absolute fire. Wow. Did you get to catch to catch the speech at all? Do you know what? I did. I did. I did. I saw you. Um, I think you posted something about it. And, I, and then the other day. I uh, I went on YouTube and because I think Revolt published it, didn't they? They put it out. Yeah. Did his thing and I watched. It was two hours. It was over two hours long. Um, and I, what I did is I watched it in parts and then I fast forwarded it. But the overall message, I thought, what he was saying about uh, a positive message for people coming together or sort of black people within the United States and around the world coming together and supporting one another and sort of remaining positive. I like. Um, I'm not completely well versed with him um, and his views towards other people, or you know. So, I, you know, you're probably better versed. How did you find it? You know, because I know you said you watched it and, and you found it interesting. So, what were your views on it? Oh, just you know, uh, if anyone doesn't really know about Farrakhan, um, I guess I, w- I would say uh, again, I'm not a follower of the Nation of Islam. Uh, so I don't know him inside out, right? But I find him to be a very charismatic man, a very intelligent man, and a very uh, wise man, a very interesting man, a man that has very interesting things to say. So that's why I like to listen to him speak. And he's very bold. Like, he don't pull no punches. He don't sit on the fence. He says what he thinks, and he just gives it to you raw, straight talking. And I love that. Um, I think we live in a time when everybody's trying to sort of tiptoe around things and be all politically correct, and he just gives it to you straight, and he's just like, wow. So I find him refreshing in that respect. So what he said in this speech was low. He was talking for like three hours. So I couldn't even summarise it right now um, and do him justice. Um, but essentially what what he's about is he's he's a leader of... Uh, a religion, you know? Um, so I guess to, in comparison, it would be like um, the Dalai Lama being the leader of Tibetan monks or um, the Pope being the leader of Catholicism. Um, you know, it would be something like that. So, you know, if the Pope goes and makes a speech, the Catholics are all going to go and watch it, aren't they? Um, and same kind of thing with the Dalai Lama. Uh, but like I say, I'm I'm not really into the Pope and that, but I just find Farrakhan, like, he's a very entertaining man. He's charismatic, you know, he makes jokes from time to time. Um, he just says stuff that is that kind of witty and funny. Sometimes he just throws shade because obviously we've all seen uh, the struggle that African-American people are going through now. Everyone's seen the video footage of the police brutality, like where maybe if someone was talking about it 10 years ago or 20 years ago or 30 years ago, there was still some room for conjecture and debate. But I think now there's there's no room for debate, is there? It's just facts and it? it's just like, look at the video footage. Like, they're being...
terrorized by their own the American African American citizen being terrorized by their own police. Um, and he speaks on that. He speaks on stuff like that, and and he just can't help but he can't help but uh, be a bit sarcastic at times or a bit, you know, just throwing shade, kind of like uh, insulting uh, certain people. And 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 you know, I guess if you were on the receiving end of that, um, then you wouldn't like it. And so that might cause somebody to say, "Oh, this guy's preaching hate." or he's doing this, or he's doing that. But it's like, from what I can understand, is his people are being oppressed, and he speaks out against the oppression that his people are suffering, and he just can't help it, innit? He can't help but be salty and just throw in a couple of jibes, and you know, and I think it's those little jibes that he gets in where someone like me might just, ooh, that was cheeky. I might find it entertaining. But if you are a member of that group that he's kind of, driving at you probably wouldn't find that funny do you know what I mean? so that's that that's that's it for me man I, it, I i quite thought i thought it was interesting how he touched on covid and you know people sort of keeping safe he touched on uh this bill gates uh this this bill gates idea that um about the population which I thought is very interesting because there's so many different opinions floating around, but Bill Gates has publicly come out and spoken about it himself. Um, and so, you know, Farrakhan just chipped in with his opinion on that. Um, he, he didn't speak about big things that plans and things that they want to do, things they're trying to do, works that they, he didn't, it wasn't that, it was kind of just like addressing his people during this time and I suppose giving people some, um, you know, giving people something, man. Like he, he's an electrifying speaker. He knows how to rile up the crowd and get people, you know, excited and and cheering and, you know, um, like it was, I just thought it was an amazing speech, man. Um, he inspires me. I, actually, I did a speech at my mum's funeral, and I think I'm going to share that because um, just watching that Farrakhan speech just kind of inspired me to maybe maybe share my speech as well, man. This guy's fucking. I just think he's dope. If you're going to speak in public, he's a good example of of how to actually do it well. That's dope, man. That's dope. I'm, I'm glad you took something from it, um, as I'm as I'm sure people have done. Uh, someone else who is be seen as inspirational and controversial uh, I read Kanye West possibly running for president in future um, what do you think You got? is he getting your vote I mean obviously we can't vote because we're, we're not in America but you know compared to what they've been on I know some people that can vote maybe I should holler at them and, and see what their opinion I haven't spoken to to the American citizens that I know yet um, about what they think about this kind of thing. But I've seen a lot of different opinions floating around. There's a lot of black people that are like, Mm-mm, hell no, because they think Kanye is pretty much on the side of Donald Trump. And uh, he was being supported by Elon Musk. So Elon Musk is a character from technology that I like. Um, and Elon Musk is friends with Kanye West. And Elon Musk came out and when Kanye did his tweet, you know, with that big blue sphere or whatever it's supposed to be. And he said that he was running for president. Um, Elon Musk retweeted it and said, you have my full support. And I was surprised to see that. And then somebody else jumped in the mentions like, 
hey, did you know that Kanye is pro... Um, oh, he's anti-abortion and he's anti-this and he's pro that and he was just like, rah, he's actually got all of these right-wing ideas. Um, and then Elon Musk had to kind of reverse the decision and say, okay, maybe we have more differences than I, I previously anticipated. So maybe... Elon's done a U-turn on his support for Kanye already. That, that that remains to be seen. We'll see. Me personally, I think if Donald Trump can be president, then Kanye West can be president. It's the same thing. Or maybe even maybe Donald Trump would even be worse than Kanye, man. Because I think with Donald Trump, he seems to be uh, a narcissistic business person. Like, he seems to be doing things for his own benefit. Um, and with Kanye West, although there probably will be a lot of things he will do for his own benefit, I do think he will be doing things to help people. And I I, I hope he would be doing things to help black people as well. As he was famously, as he was famously quoted as saying, um, uh, George Bush doesn't care about black people. Yeah. So I'd like to think you know, um, that if he was president, he would show everyone that he does care about black people. Yeah, I know he's been doing some work in sort of in Chicago and trying to recreate work. Um, I mean, it's, it looks like he's, some people have not taken him seriously. Other people are saying it's a publicity stunt. Um, we'll wait and see. We'll wait and see what he has to offer. I just thought that would be interesting covering up. Um, still... No, I mean, the thing is, this is a really fucking interesting topic for me, man, because... It's not the first time he's mentioned it. I'd, I'd say it was a publicity stunt if this was the first time we've heard of it. But it's something he's been talking about for years. It's a good long while he's been talking about it. And now the, what he said is, I am officially running. So, I mean, someone, I, I can't remember where I heard this idea, but someone come up, I heard this idea from someone the other day that um, it might have been a publicity stunt for Donald Trump. Like, he probably never planned to actually be the president. He just wanted to run for the presidency to get the exposure and to get the, you know, the, yeah. the networking with more and, more and make himself more and more important. I think he, um, and, sorry, I think he might have missed the, um, the time, the deadline to, to be put forward, Kanye West. So he may be just starting to... Uh, plant the seeds and get the get the things in motion. You know, he does say he says he says a lot of things that people say is outlandish or they just don't get it or it gets misinterpreted greatly um with the things he says or taken out of context. So it could be that he's just starting to plant the seeds or get the ideas across here. I know he's just signed a deal with Gap. Um so he's concentrating on the Yeezy brand. Uh hopefully we get some new music. Did you hear the new record he put out with Travis Scott. Yeah, I saw the I saw the video. Did you see the video? Yeah, the visuals are crazy. Visuals are crazy. Arts in it. Wow, it's I like that kind of thing, man. Thought provoking, um, kind of like progressive music, man. I thought I thought you was you didn't really like what Travis Scott does very much. I don't like what Travis Scott does. I don't really no, I don't like it. I just don't get it, and I don't. I know he's talented, obviously, more so for production, and I know a lot. We worked closely with Kanye a few years back with some projects, but it's not really, not really for me. And the ad lib, just, I just don't get it and everything. It's just not for me, not for me. But you can't, you can't deny the talent uh, and the skill 
there to watch this space. Hey, I think some of the lyrics um, that Travis Scott wrote on that song are, you know, it's like, it's a bit encoded, it's metaphorical, and if you can break it down, if you can decipher it, you'd think, yeah, that was dope, what he's like, you know. Because they're talking about the riots and they're talking about what's going on at this time during the pandemic and, um, you know, with George Floyd uh, being brutalised by the police. They, they're talking about all these kinds of things, but they don't just say it in a matter-of-fact, like, kind of way. They say it in a, like, kind of like you speaking in, uh, using um, sexual innuendos and using football analogies and all this kind of shit. They kind of do it like that. So, so you might not catch it, but it's in there. And then they're doing it with all the auto-tune and, and, and they're trying to make it catchy and short. And so, so for them to be touching on topics like that and doing it in the way that they do on a scale, like just affecting multi-millions of people to be yeah. putting that message in. I think it's fucking dope, bro. Like, I think it's fucking dope. There's an artist there. Baby did it. Other baby. He's... There's a few new records with politically charged. And even going back to like the old episode we did recently with the Wale project, where he was talking about what's been going on now with the Black Lives Matter movement and all the all the recent killings and, and the mistreatment of, of black people by the police and the local authority. And he's he's putting it across as um, mood music, music for the moment, but it doesn't sound maybe as regimented or as hard-hitting as a dead prez record word or run the jewels it's a bit more up tempo and you can you can feed it to the public and the younger generation in a different way do you know what i mean i think the new generation now because of the way their minds are obviously it's, it's all different music it's, it's dance tiktok app it's this that if they're getting fed a message but through this way i'm more i'm on board for that as long as they're getting the message and and, and artists are talking sense as well you know you gotta have the yin to the yang you gotta be ignorant but you gotta have the conscious uh, yeah don't get me started on tiktok man i don't think there's a whole lot of consciousness on that app right there for now shit man a whole lot of foolishness yeah. i saw on the other day where someone was pretending to be bouncing a basketball and it was actually a person just dressing up in some round orange suit jumping up and down pretending to be a basketball that this guy's bouncing. I was just like, what? What the <laughs> foolishness? Oh, man. Oh, that's well, yeah. Whatever floats your boat, isn't it? No, it floats your boat. Um, we've not really got any... To- I mean, we've got some topics, but not topics. I'm, I'm loving the free-flow conversation, man. We started off like this. It's good just to keep the flow going. Now, we've not had yeah, it. Like, music. Oh, man, just catching up. Yeah, well, I, I wanted to talk about this versus battle. Like, Obviously, I've got the Jada versus Fab thing. Well, I didn't get it wrong. I just misjudged it, and I was disappointed with the selection that Fab played, and Jada just blew, not blew him out of the water, but I think he took it clearly for people. I wanted to speak to you about this possible 50 and T.I. battle on Versus. Like, T.I.'s calling out 50. Hey, man. Hey, 50. Wow. Um, you just mentioned Jada versus Fab, and I think we might need to talk about Jada versus Will in a little while. But... Um... <laughs> <laughs> the entanglement, <laughs> whatever the fuck that means. You say for an entanglement. <laughs> Sorry, did I get me? It's like what type of what type of analogy could you say for I've had an entanglement? Is that the word she used? That's the word that she used. 
Um, I guess, you know what? I guess if you're in a car crash, you could say, yeah, you know what? Uh, I had a bit of an entanglement. Like, like you know, like if you're late for work and then you got to explain to your boss why you're late. Yeah, I had an entanglement this morning. Uh, somebody rear-ended me. Well, she got rear-ended, didn't she? She got rear-ended. Hey. Um, Talk about that. Um, Jada versus Fab. I think Ash called it, didn't he? Ash said that, you know, hands down, Jada's going to go in and buddy, it's going to be a burial. Um, and I think on paper, that's the way it looks, don't it? I think we all kind of thought that Jada would definitely do it. Um, no, got... I didn't. I thought Fab was going to... Really? Yeah, 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 yeah. I didn't yeah. remember that coming out in the conversation. Yeah, yeah. I think you was with me as well after a while. I think you listened to uh, some of Fab's stuff and you thought, like, albums-wise and records-wise, Fab edged it. But it came to verses. Jada was more prepared and the verses were better because the records he's been on have been better because they're guest appearances, remixes. Uh, or him and Styles P going back to back. He had a verse from for Puff from Victory. He did Band from TV. Like you're not you're not beating Band from TV. That's one of the greatest records of all time. Uh, Hip hop. I mean, I think um, last time we spoke, I was saying um, I was surprised when listening to Fabulous's catalog yeah. at the quality of music he's making. Like mm-hmm. because uh, like maybe I slept on him a little bit. Because um, I didn't rate him that highly, but I had to admit that as like a, a, an artist, as a songwriter, like musician that side of, like he's killing Jada Kiss, man. He's making better music. But in terms of actually just being a savage rapper, like when you go into a battle and you got to get in that ass pause, like Jada is obviously more built for that. He's he's just built for that, and Fabulous really just isn't. Fabulous has always been a very softly sort of mild-mannered guy spitting on a, on a on a beat with like some acoustic guitars or something. And you know what I mean? Baby, baby, tell me what you want to do. We're going to do it like this. It's uh, just me and you. It's like, like that's fabulous, isn't it? Uh, and then Jada's more like, Jada's more like, yo, I got this. Coke will try to sell the streets. Y'all niggas is weak. Y'all catch this grip and defeat. Like, you know what I mean? It's like, come on, man. To that for me, it's apples and oranges. If you're going to battle, it should really only be one winner. Um, but musically, also, it seems like um, Fabulous has got more of a range and he's making better music. But you can't say that Jada ain't got bangers, though. Because like I said, man, that, that as, soon as, the, um, as soon as my cult come through, they got to use the same scale the way the whales with. All of that shit, all of them hard bars that Jada's got, man. Fabulous is never going to be able to, to, to deal with that. This, you think T.I. was right to be, you know, I mean, we'll get to the Jada, Jada Pinkett and Will Smith interview thing, this old interview. I think it was an old interview, but it's just come to, to light um, yesterday. But I think they've already had the discussion. But we'll talk about the versus thing. I've got a T.I. 50. I don't think it will happen, but, it's, you know. Yo, have, have you seen a bit of the clowning on social media so far? I see T.I. trying to call him out and he says that you bring your boys, bring Eminem, bring Dr. Dre, bring whoever you want. Um, you know, you already got sons by Mayweather or something else like that, but so, that's the only thing I've seen. All right. Well, after that, 50 done is 50 cent. See, 50 cent is, is like, he goes hard with the bants, man. 
Like, come on, because you've seen like the beef he's been in before with like Jar Rule, and then with um, Rick Ross. Like he just doesn't know. It's like he's got no filter, and he doesn't know when to stop. And he just and he just gets like he could take like light-hearted banter and just make it deep. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like you know what I mean? Like you 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 might say like, ah, oh, Kelly, you look like you put on some weight in quarantine. And then like his his response would be some some shit like fuck you man I'm gonna fuck your mum and rah right and you're like rah man calm down calm down can't do you know what I mean because that's that's how he does and what he did with with Ti he fucking he drew for like some video that Ti did back in the day when he was on the street and like obviously before he's the the multi millionaire um, Ti that we know and love today and it was like a video where he was working with the police and he did a video telling people uh, if you see a crime in your area then make sure you speak up and make sure you call the police hotline and blah blah so he's basically out in ti as being a snitch snitch and it's like whoa that's gonna fuck up tips credibility but the thing is yeah hip-hop has changed man because something like that back in the day that would destroy that would literally destroy someone's career man when someone's built a career on being a real authentic kind of street dude mm. and someone to put out a video and like an expose like that that would just destroy their whole career they gotta go but as we saw 50 did that to rick ross with the whole officer ricky and and, and the correctional uh officer thing Rick Ross survived it. And, you know, we've seen Takashi 6 9 go to jail for snitching, come out, make music videos. His, his single is, is about, I'm a rat and, 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 and I'm a snitch. Like, and it's like, what? So. Yeah. The new days, the new days. Ah, oh, yeah. Maybe that shit don't even matter anymore, man. Well, should it? I mean. Yes, it should, man. Like, because let's not forget. Where what hip hop is about, man. Hip hop is like I said at the start, it's the voice of the voiceless, man. It's the people from the bottom, from the underclass. Like and these are the people that are often in entanglements with the law. (laughs) (laughs) And um, you know, you these kind of people aren't always seen as being um, you know aren't always seen as being people who cooperate with and collaborate with the police. So it, it should be a serious allegation for some hip hop man to be seen as a snitch. It should be a serious allegation. It should be really bad for you to be looked upon in that light. And I don't see a problem with that. I mean, the thing is like, if we're going to explore that whole area of snitching, I mean, obviously, Obviously, there's going to be certain things that are just completely messed up, and you should probably alert the authorities to, you know. But mm. for you most mean, things, probably not. Where Cameron from Dipset gave an interview, and it was like, if you've got a murderer next door or below you, are you going to call the police? And he's like, no, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not a snitch. I think there's a. I think there's a blurred line. I mean, obviously, we come from a, a rap culture where it's street talk. Now, as we know, 90%, 80% of these rappers aren't doing what they're rapping about. You know, it's all through association or or what they've experienced on second-hand or third-hand. And they're talking all this grease. A lot of the people are snitching on themselves, first of all. A lot of these young generations, especially in drill now in the UK, they're snitching on themselves, which is a whole other thing. 
But I think um, there's a thin line between snitching and then what, what do you do as a real, as a civilian, as a, as a normal person? Like if you see a major incident, are you going to call the police? Are you going to help people? You know, I think we spoke about this before. Uh, I think with Genesis Elijah and Castillo about like, whether you snitch or not. Um, the whole concept of snitching is interesting. I think 6 9 he snitched on the people that put his life in danger and put his family in danger. Um, and now he's out ridiculing them all again. And I think a lot of people are upset because he's so successful again now and he's gone straight to the top. Not straight to the top, he's not the top, but he's, he's making a living and he's laughing at the people who... He's laughing at the situation that he's out, this kid with rainbow hair, this Mexican kid is, is killing it with the streams and the money and he's making these records and the new generation don't care. They don't care about that. There's no ethics or code. Um, so, yeah, it's an interesting topic, man. It's an interesting thing. The, those two words you just said now, I think you, you surmised it much better than I did, man. Ethics and code. That's what it is. It's about being a man of principles. It's about having a code, a moral code and, and ethics and stuff like that. And snitching. Like, I remember when I was a kid, um, my mum was saying, like, to, to my brother, like, you shouldn't tell on your brother, you know, because you're brothers. You're supposed to, you know, you're supposed to be the two of you, like, you know, you're supposed to be a team. Um, and, like, I don't want to gaslight a man, but one of my brothers kept telling my mum about stuff that I was doing. Um, and it would always be like, mom, 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 I found Kala, uh, Kala was smoking, Kala was, like, no, I wasn't smoking, mom, no, I wasn't, and it, I figures like, she probably knew that I was, but I never, I never brought it around her, I was always trying to be respectful, because I know she told me loads of times she didn't want me doing stuff like that, do you know what I mean? Mm. So I never smoked around her, and I never, I never tried to make it obvious that I was doing it around her, but a man snitched on me and continued to snitch on me, and he just didn't get that we're supposed to be on the same team. We're not supposed to be like, you're supposed to have like a little code of ethics there. And I think that, that is, that is a thing that's ingrained in hip hop culture. And for me, it's always sad to see when somebody doesn't get that, that there is supposed to be a code of the streets. There is supposed to be uh, like a, almost like a gentleman's agreement. You're not supposed to break that, man. I think if you're if you're off the streets, if you're a real gangster, if you're a mafia or you're a, tra- a traveller or you're, a, you know, or uh, some sort of criminal and you're not involved in rap, you don't tell. You don't snitch. If you're a civilian and something happens to you or your sister or brother or your family, you can't tell me you're not going to snitch. You're not going to say, right, it was it was that person there. To get- like I say, man, I, I, I honestly... I don't think it needs to be related to criminality. Um, I think sometimes you just need to be able to shut your mouth or to just, you know, like, I mean, you see, it's funny because right now we're seeing uh, a lot of uh, this term anti-racist floating around. And what people say is it's not good enough to be silent anymore. You can't be silent. You have to be a snitch. Like, you have to be anti-racist. If somebody's doing some racist shit, you have to call them out on their bullshit. So, I mean, is that really being a snitch? I don't know. I think it's in the same ballpark. Um, and if if there was some racism, like, affecting me, I would want somebody to step up to the plate and say, hey, this person is a racist, and they they have been doing racist stuff. I would want someone to be able to do that. You know what I mean? That's the um, that's stopping something in. I think what we're talking about is from the criminal side of 
six nine and the whole rap world, the whole rap world of uh, glory, not even glorifying. That's the wrong word, but speaking on people's realities or experiences comes. Mm. Or they say a lot of this with crime, drugs, uh, women. Da, da, da. So then, if you come in and go, yeah, I snitch because I'm talking all this grease, and then all of a sudden I'm baiting people up. That's what's got everyone's back up. I think that that's where the issue lies. If you're just a normal person, then you know, civilian, then you're not involved in the gang life, you're not involved in the street code. Your only ethics you've got is maybe don't dob your mate in if he's been messing around with another bird or if you work with someone that you're getting on with. Like if I work with you and um, I make a mistake at work and they come to you and go, oh, was, uh, well, did, ben do, did, did Ben say this and did Ben do that? You're going to say no. Like you're going to have my back within work. That's, that's maybe, the, that's what we're agreeing on. Like the don't snitch at work or, or look out for your brethren. But when it comes to like the crime world or whatever, it's if you're involved in that world, you've got to sort. Of, there's ethics to that, I, I would say. But if you're just a normal person caught up in it, like some could say Takashi was just caught up in it, what's he gonna do? Ride a bird for someone else? You know, ride a ride a, a year sentence when it's someone else's fault or his life's in danger? So I can see why. I don't know, man. I, I think I think you should just be a consistent person, man. Whether it's whether it's in business or whether it's in crime or whatever it is that that you're involved in just be a consistent person man be a, be a person of good moral character good moral fiber be a person of integrity you know mm. i mean for me snitching there is there is a a question of integrity there um because if you're like a little tattletale then on one side of it like i don't see that as an honorable person um, on the other side of it, like, I think it's a bit different if you're maybe fighting against crime. Like, for example, um, if somebody, if, you, if you've witnessed a crime and now uh, you've acted to try and prevent the crime, you know, like um, in FIFA, FIFA 20, there is um, a special TIFO they've got up that you can put in your stadium uh, your virtual stadium, of course, and a special kit that celebrates the life of uh, Kyan Prince, who was a footballer coming through in the QPR Academy, yeah. um, who tragically lost his life trying to defend somebody in the street. Now, that is a, a stonewall example of a citizen. Like, he stepped up to the plate when, they, when he saw somebody getting bullied, um, and he put his life in danger trying to protect this person. Mm. Um, you know, and, he, and unfortunately he lost his life. And that is stepping up to the plate and trying to stop a crime from happening in the first place. That's some hero shit, you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, um, but it's a bit different if you're kind of like just hiding behind your curtains and you're kind of pointing, yeah. it was this person there! It was him! That's just snitching, isn't it? Um, so... But then don't you... If you step in and intervene in an incident... Um, that is commendable, you know, although we say, you know, don't be a have-a-go hero or sort of maybe call the police. I don't say don't be a have-a-go hero. I kind of think, all right, see, now I'm going to have to get into some idealist philosophy, yeah? my own personal idealist philosophy. Yeah? I wish we could live in a world where we didn't need a police force, where everybody was a fucking superhero. Like, everybody went gym, because gym was free. 
everybody had a personal trainer because personal trainer is free. Everybody has a nutritionist. Nutritionist is free, yeah? So everybody's a superhuman. Everybody's like henchers. You see all of these athletes that are taking all the supplements and getting massages and, and training all the time. Eating clean, eating healthy, training regularly, right? Because it's accessible to everyone. So, and then everybody's got all of this training. Everybody can do martial arts. Everybody can do jiu-jitsu and... Do you know what I mean? Krav Maga, like they know how to unarm someone with a knife and close protection. They know how to use fire. You know what I mean? Everybody's just crazily fit and crazily skilled. So now when something kicks off, everybody's a citizen. Everybody's in the position to deal with that. They don't need to go and tattletale. They can just step up to the plate and say, hey, what the fuck are you? Jump in. Boom. Citizens arrest. Put you in some handcuffs. Put you in a little submission hold or something. Tell somebody, call the police to come and arrest them. That is the kind of world I would like to live in. Less snitching, more action. Oh, but unfortunately, <laughs> unfortunately, what will happen is if if you or me just try and jump in, we're gonna we're gonna get cayenne princed. Do you know what I mean? Because we're not equipped to deal with 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 these dangerous situations. And I just I wish I wish we all were, man. Like maybe mandatory military service would have created a world where everyone was equipped to deal with these situations. But then you could say that if everyone's doing Krav Maga and fitness and working out and you still intervene as a have-a-go hero, then you're still going to get broke up or stabbed by the other person. Not necessarily, because, I mean, potentially, there's always a danger, but you are now, you've now put yourself in the best possible position to be able to deal with this. Like, you know, you could deal with it as good or even better than um, some kind of a police officer that would respond to that right now because you would you'd be trained for it do you know what i mean yeah but there has to so be some sort of about, laws yeah. there has to be some sort of laws for people to follow otherwise you just get constant vigilantes and everyone taking the law into their own hands like they're doing some countries where people are getting drugged out of their home or women are getting uh abused because of you know people's views on them so you know well yeah it, it, it wouldn't be simple it wouldn't be a simple thing of just you know Okay, let's go to flipping parliament and say, all right, everybody go and get free Krav Maga training now. <laughs> it's not, you get you know people just popping each other's eyes out like... <laughs> I'm saying, and everybody overnight, it's going to be like kick-ass, like everybody's Batman and flipping hit girl and all of this shit. Oh, yeah. Um, I mean, that, it's, it's not it's not going to be simple. There have to be something that, that is well thought out in it. And obviously, I'm just saying shit no that's fair enough it's, um, it's your views man and this is what you know it's, it's everyone's entitled to their views and opinions this is interesting sort of the concept of snitching and then te- doing your job as a citizen upstanding citizen a taxpaying citizen or then like a have a go hero um, but obviously you know what I, I, I think it's a question of uh, accountability and just taking ownership man just being like look man I'm a citizen this is my town, my city, my country. Like, it's my fucking planet. And when somebody is violating, it offends me personally. And I'm not having it. I'm not letting this person do this. And I think that's what that's what I would want. I would want that collective mentality from every human on the face of the earth. And, and if we had that collective mentality, maybe people wouldn't even violate in the first place. Maybe people would just be like, man, you know, let's, let's, let's find a better way Working unison. Unfortunately, I don't think it. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I just don't think we've got it programmed within us. We've always got to have a hierarchy. It's animalistic. There's always got to be someone to dominate. Um, you know, I think just through history, it's been proven. So, 
I mean, in an ideal world, it would work, but realistically, it wouldn't work because it hasn't worked just through history. Someone to dominate. What do you mean, someone to dominate? Well, naturally, there's always a knife wielding madman, or you talking about? It's just just the hierarchy within humans, just the hierarchy within the animal kingdom. There's always a dominant uh, alpha male, isn't there? Just through all sort of just through the animal kingdom, and us as animals, as mammals, as people that have developed from primates or our part of the primate family and have evolved, that happens now with humans, isn't it? So, Can you give an example of, of your stating is the primate in society? Sorry, the, um, the alpha male in society. Well, everyone, well, different people could be alpha males. I suppose one person who's sort of bigger or stronger or smarter or sort of even tribalistic, you look at tribes and groups within a country or areas, their natural innate feeling is to, uh, is to explore and to settle and to move to different lands. And, and to, you know, and if, if that comes across another group of people and they've got the piece of land or rather than work cohesively, which does, can work at times, but has been proven it doesn't through history over the fucking, you know, every generation of every civilization, Egyptians, Greeks, Romans, everything, it's, it's sort of people just take over, don't they? That's not exactly answering my question. There's a lot of waffle there, man. I'm talking about no, so a was... specific example. So we're not talking, we're talking about like crime on the streets, right? Um, yeah. But you were talking about there's always going to be people who dominate and kind of comparing it to the animal kingdom talking about the evolution of mankind from primates and how it yeah. you know it's kind of hardwired into our dna like there are dominant are you talking about dominant individuals or because i kind of thought you may have been hinting at a dominant group of people maybe um i think it could be dominant people like you can have um Within a workplace, you can maybe have someone who dominates the room more than someone else through their actions or their behaviour, can maybe assert themselves more. Um, and then I'd say within people, uh, I suppose tribalism and tribes is taken over of, of sort of through history. It just speaks for itself, sort of tribes moving in and in, integrating, but also their beliefs maybe becoming more apparent or, or more dominant for whatever reason, whether it's using violence, whether it's using education, whether it's using force, not condoning it, obviously, but I'm just saying that's, that's just been there. It's just been, been proven. So that was my point. I'm not, saying that there is, I'm not saying there is one more dominant race or group of people than the other. I'm just saying through history, it shows that this has happened, just naturally. Well, that's the reason we have wars, right? Because people are being dominant and trying to assert their dominance over others. Yeah, exactly. Um, well, there you go. Yeah, and through religion and through land and through uh, beliefs and disbeliefs and through trying to, yeah. So in an ideal world, like you're saying, everyone is on the same level. Ideologically, we are. But it's been proven, unfortunately, that we're not because there's mistreatment with everyone. And we're getting pretty deep in this episode, man. We've gone hella deep. <laughs> um, but we, what we didn't do well actually somebody else that went deep is this uh, August Aslina guy um, who has Deep-deep apparently in them guts 
I didn't know mu- I didn't know much of this guy until this story came out. Like I knew that he was a an R and B singer. Um, but I didn't know that he was uh, very friendly with the Smith family. And you know what? This this story is very interesting to me because like listeners might remember from previous episodes me saying that I'm a huge fan of the Smith family. Like I like Will, I like mm. Jada. Before they even got together, they were two of my favorite people in the world. And when they got together, I thought they had two great children. I like the whole family, man. Um, so to hear this story coming from you know i think i remember we had one episode where we were talking about our top power couples and i put them put will and jada in my you know one of my top couples in the world so to hear this drama coming from their relationship has kind of just it's kind of fucked me up a little bit man um and uh my personal standpoint on it is i understand I, i i understand that like my longest personal relationship has only been about five years and I understand that if you go longer than that, 10 years, 15 years, 20 years, there's probably going to be a whole lot of arguments, a whole lot of falling out, a whole lot of times when you just don't like this person, you just don't, you can't stand them, you don't want to be around them anymore. Mm. You know, the kind of thing where couples end up sleeping in different rooms and stuff like that. Like yeah. they're still married, but, you know, they're, they're sleeping in separate rooms and yeah. or they're still married, but they're separated. Stuff like that. Like, you know... Um, and they they've worked through it somehow by bringing in this 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 you. Well, but the, but the way he got brought in, man, fucking hell, man, it just seems a bit. It seems deep, bruv. Like, did you did you, did you hear the story about how he ended up getting brought in in the first place? Yeah, so I think Will and Jada had split, and and I don't know how much I don't know how much agreement. Yeah, I heard the story. And then how she was getting in with him, and how that they were sort of—I think they welcomed into—they welcomed him into their home because he had a few issues going on, and he was seen as a friend of the family. And then she basically just moved to him by the looks of it, and just took, maybe took advantage of him, or, or she, you know they slept with each other um, when they were separated. Will and August Senior were separated. Um, sorry, Will and Jada were separated, and she's got. Whoa! What was you trying to say? What was you trying to say? <clears throat> what? Threesome. We were in August to separate. Oh, yeah, yeah. No. <laughs> well, well, yeah, they've got something in common. But now it looks like that she's she got with him and then she tossed him to the curb or she's finished, you know, she realised it didn't work out, it wasn't for her. She and tossed now, him, Greece. Tossed him. <laughs> and then he, he, he sounds all heartbroken and then he's being mad messy by talking about this relationship on public media to help promote his album. So I I'm not really a supporter of it, man. It's, it's a bit mad, really, talking about... You know, you should keep your business in-house. Um, but, you know, they are a, or were a power couple. And everyone everyone probably thought it was rosy on the outside until recently, but it wasn't the case. wasn't the case. But Will looked mad uncomfortable in that, in, in that little red table interview thing. Did you see it? Hello, uncomfortable. There's a screenshot of his face. <laughs> and everyone's been putting up this screenshot and talking shit. Uh, I feel sorry for him, man. I feel sorry for him because... Like if 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 you were in that scenario, you just want everything to be discreet and everything to be just like you know what I mean. Mm. All right, let's just keep this one under wraps and move on. And he was even saying this was years ago, so for it to come out now, it's just a bit mad. Like they probably would have thought 
they got away with it. Like it was all discreet. I mean, because you definitely know. Sorry to cut you here. Because if they're separated or they've got an agreement to do their own thing, then you definitely know Will was holding down things as well. Because it's Will Smith. Come on, it's Will. It's Big Willie. Big Willie Star. Come on, everybody. Everybody know. (laughs) Pause, yeah, pause. Everybody know, yeah. Everybody knows that the fresh prince is getting. Pum pum, shut your mouth. If you want to talk about Will Smith and say that he's taking an L and he's looking weak, shut your mouth because you don't know what's going on behind the scenes. He's probably done a madness. Yeah, I'm not saying he has done a madness, but he could do a madness if he wanted to. Let's not be politically correct. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, it was a bit mad. It was a bit mad, and uh. It just seems a bit messy and out there, but people are saying that Jade is taking advantage of this young guy. She's she's in her late forties or something, fifties, and he's early twenties. If it was the other way around, like a guy with a girl, everyone would be up in arms. Bad. It looks bad. I'm, I just didn't want this story to come from Will and Jade, and not them. It looks bad. I'm gonna Google something. What uh, was wrong with August, oh, I can't even spell his name. Alcino. Mm. Basically, what I want to know is what was wrong with because he's supposed to be sick. Health condition. In 2017, the singer revealed that he suffers from a severe autoimmune disease that attacks his liver. This illness has led to multiple incidents, including a collapse on stage in 2014. So... Bruh, how did August Lena get paralysed? Wow. Can August Lena walk again? So, bruh, there's all of this in Google. Uh, the, gu- the guy has well-publicised health problems. He went to the Smith household at a time when he was messed up. Mm. And they were, you say, older than him. And they were, like, he's kind of like the same age as their youth, man kind of like like one of Jaden's like boys probably like a bit older than Jaden early 20s yeah so that's probably that's probably how he ended up coming to the yard Jaden was probably like look come to the yard my parents (laughs) have got peas they can help you know you say peas his mum definitely no he probably said (laughs) Jaden Jaden probably said August man I know you're a bit fucked up bro and I don't know what your situation is like yeah because, you know, music money ain't the same anymore, innit? Maybe these music guys ain't making as much peas they used to. But he could probably say, my parents have got peas, yeah? My dad, Will Smith, my mom, Jada Pinkett Smith, they've got peas. Come to our house, I'll introduce you to them, and I'm sure they will help you. I reckon, I don't know, but I reckon that might be how how the situation kind of started. And for, it's just a bit fucked up that, he could go there in, in, a, in, a, in, a, in an ill state of health and then end up in a sexual relationship. It's a bit nuts, isn't it? Um, well, it's how, it's how it looks bad, don't it? It looks bad. You're not going to turn down Jada. Jada oh, shit. Hey, listen, Jada, if, if, if you're still extending these gracious offers, yeah, just, just know that there's guys over here in the UK that will be very happy to, you know, be discreet. You know what I mean? We don't need to do no August Alcino in the public thing. You know what I mean? We just keep on DL. No, um, <laughs> but seriously, like, it's a story where I, I kind of 
actually think everybody wins in the end, despite how it looks. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think everybody wins in the end. Because, like, imagine you could have an open marriage. Like, August Alcino, or whatever his name is, he gets a huge bit of publicity for his album. His album's just coming out, and he's he's kind of been the one to start this, I think. Mm-hmm. I think he's, he's come out, and he's done an interview, and he's spoken, saying, Amazing. you know, he's... He needs to heal because, like, mentally he's not over Jada or whatever, so he's talking about it. He fell in love, the young boy. Young boy fell in love with an older woman. She oh. probably she probably showed him a thing or two. He had, al- he had an album to sell. He's getting messy. Wickedest speech. She gave him the wickedest grease. He never had no grease like that in his life. <laughs> oh, older woman getting turned out. Had him singing them high notes. <laughs> legs in the air legs legs trembling in the air like a little bitch oh, shit. she had him singing baby 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 yeah, I love you his whole <laughs> album is about her <laughs> all the glass and all the windows smashed in the room and the studio and shit it was like singing oh, them, talking to the angels talking to the angels man so hey. you know he yeah, yeah he definitely gets a good bit of album promo out of it I think the Smiths get a bit more profile. For some reason, celebrities like being in the news and they like raising their profile. And mm. they say no publicity is bad publicity. So I'm sure that can help. Like Because in the end, they ended up talking about this on Red, uh, Jada's TV show, The Red Table Talk. Mm. So the views for that episode, that's going to take that platform sky high. Anybody that didn't know about Red Table Talk before that, they know about it now. Um, and that's what that's happening them. So I, short, I honestly, no, nah, there's there's like a ten minute interview with Will and Jada. Yeah, but like that's what I mean. Short, it's like it's, okay. if you think if you think you'd expect them. Yeah, compared to Farrakhan's speech, I mean, uh, yeah, three hours. Well, yeah, well, but I think people were expecting maybe something longer. But I, I I heard or read that this was this was old. This was done a while back. So not a while back. Like this wasn't like fresh yesterday or this week. It may be done. Uh, when it came to light, and it sounds like it's damage control, like they've turned it into, like you said, everyone becomes get everyone comes out okay. Will comes out as the victim, and he's hasn't said anything too incriminating. He's like, you know, so what did you do, Jada? You know, and he's going back to Will, and he's doing his work. This August guy is putting out an album, and has, has got a bit of publicity. And Jada, uh, Jada, she's put out this thing on a on a with Facebook, so she's definitely getting getting paid and. She's now going to be, uh, oh, poor, poor you, you know, you were in a bad place, so you decided to get yourself, like, some young dick or whatever, and you, you took advantage of this young man, but don't worry, you're okay. Because <laughs> she'll get some sort of support, some sort of moral support from women in, in one way. So it would be interesting. You see, Skiller tweeted about this the other day, and he said, I don't know if you saw his tweet, but he said, if the situation was reversed... And yeah. if it was Will Smith that stepped outside of his marriage with a woman like 20, 30 years younger than him or whatever, you females would be going the fuck in on Will Smith right now. Mm. So keep that same energy with Jada. I was like, what? I didn't even consider that before. Yeah, but they were separated though. Wow. They weren't together, were they? they, they yeah, they... but you know, you, you know what women are like, man. They would be like, you see, all of you men are dogs, blah, blah, blah. They would, they would, they would have murdered Will Smith. They would have. So really, really, they should vilify Jada in the same, and keep that same well, energy. She, I think Skillet's right with that one. Man. Yeah. But I mean, 
I don't know if she should be completely vilified because they weren't together. They were separated. There was an agreement. They were separated. They weren't together. They might have been together publicly, but behind closed doors, they, I think, split up, like, well long ago. Like, it was already on the... Like, you know, it wasn't like she he, she, he, she didn't cheat on him. If you know yeah, but I'm. it's it's not just to do with their marriage. It's to do with, like I say, the whole situation of this you being kind of come family friends yeah. for help and in need and well, yeah, being a like family friend yeah. and it, he um, shouldn't have put himself out there he, he he fucked up the whole thing by putting himself out there honestly I think it's a sweet deal I think it's like it, it, I think yeah if you have a long term relationship and 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 if maybe the romance dries up or you just you've been together so long you don't like each other so much anymore um, but you know you, you have a convenient partnership and mm. it doesn't make sense splitting up, then I think it's just logical. It makes sense that you kind of make it an open relationship and you allow each other to step outside of the relationship or bring other people in to the relationship. And, I, and f- that part of it, again, is another thing that makes me think, you know what, these two are smashing it. Because it's something that maybe not everybody talks about, um, but it's something that is, I think, a sensible, thing for married couples to to think about you know like maybe you don't want to split up because you've got kids and maybe you're running a business together and, and it could just be so messy just getting a divorce and and, uh, and expensive too yeah. do you really so it's like do you really need that headache it's difficult, like, it's difficult. Maybe you can you can find a way to stick together and to, to you know to be able to explore other avenues and see other people and Jada yeah. made it sound like um you know because I think Will joked that, oh, yeah, I need to get you back. And she said, oh, no, you've already... Definitely. <laughs> so it's... Definitely. <laughs> <laughs> you know, there's that, that scene from uh, Eddie Murphy where he's talking about, like, pussy's just falling out of his pocket. And he's just like, oh, excuse me. Oh, sorry, I just picked that up. Oh, it's my pussy. Let me get that pussy. Ah! <laughs> 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 I'm pussy. Like, that's what he's... Come on. Uh, uh, the thing is, people are... They, they, them being who they are, People are probably throwing themselves at both of them. Like, come on, we were just joking about how we would love to smash Jada. Like, uh, obviously, she's not going to be short of offers, and Will Smith's not going to be short of offers either. Um, just, I, mean, I think, Mar- discreet Mar- Mar- is the key there. Discreet, because mm. you don't really want your business all out, all out of door, all in the flipping Daily Mail and shit. Um, so, but I think they've opened a freaking great conversation that maybe every other person who's married can now look at their partner and say, well, should we think about maybe trying to stay together but having an open relationship too? Listen, it can, it, it can, I'm sure it can work for some people. I read, it, I read once in Vice magazine about um, the issues of getting having a threesome in a proper relationship. So if you're in a proper relationship and you try and Patting up a girl or a guy in a relationship is 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 gonna end in tears because one of you, whether you're a man and a man with another man, or you're a man and a woman with another woman, or man or two women and another, you know whatever the dynamics of the relationship, mm. you're seeing your other half getting piped down or getting dealt with properly, or you're getting dealt with properly, and your partner's watching. How are they going to be able to handle that? There's a lot of dynamics, so. I think you've got to be so secure and clear in what you're doing and who you are in your relationship before you start thinking about 
opening up the floor or bringing in new lovers and stuff. So me personally, I wouldn't. I mean, I'm Janelle would be it, no way. I mean, you're still kind of in the honeymoon period, man. You guys are... No, no, we've been married a minute still, bro. How long is your minute now? Uh, this is a Microsoft minute, like, you're copying and pasting something. It's a New York minute. How long is it really going to take? change in the New York minute. It says 30 minutes, 30 minutes left for transferring, and then, and then two seconds later, it's done. Microsoft <laughs> no, minute. Three years. Three years coming up in August. Um, yeah, I'm still going to count you as newlyweds because in terms of a marriage... Oh, yeah, in terms of, like, you, people 30 years and stuff. Do, do you know... Do you know what all of the categories are? You know, like diamond and silver and all this shit. Um, diamond anniversary. What are we plastic? We're having our plas- plastic anniversary. <laughs> Aluminium. <laughs> Paper. The tin foil anniversary. The shitty tin <laughs> Christmas tree, you know. <laughs> Christmas tree, the tinsel, you know. The tinsel. Tinsel anniversary. <laughs> <laughs> Tinfoil bacon paper anniversary. Uh, some dead Kit Kat wrapper anniversary, yeah. Keep talking of that, yeah. Um, <laughs> he's talking about fabulous. He's taking the piss out of um. Who was that porn star that used to look like Lloyd Banks and he had all the jewelry on? I don't know, mate. Oh, there's a porn star that looks like Lloyd Banks, yeah, and he always wore big chains and big bracelets, and then basically fabulous was wearing a a paper a paper clip chain. And like loads of fake jewelry. That's that's the joke I was going to make about our marriage being like. <laughs> um, well, uh, uh, I don't know, man. I think I think five years. Yeah, that's all right. That's something. Ten years, fifteen years, you know, and it goes on. Um, yeah. So you still. Need, man. Thank you, man. Thank you, man. Do you think you'll ever be married? That's a bit of a personal question, but. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah, I mean. Being single, it fucks with you, man. It makes you think you don't know what's going to happen. Like, you know what I mean? And especially, like, right now in the, in the um, in the pandemic where we're just seeing mad death tolls, people dropping, like, flies, ties just passed, Steve Sutherland's just passed, Black like Ripper's just passed. You just kind of get this feeling of, like, shit, man. I don't know how much time I've got left. I don't know when it's going to be my time to go. I don't know if I will be able to get married and have kids and do all of this shit. I don't know. Never say never, man. Never say never. If you'd asked me 10, if you'd asked me 10, 15 years ago, I'm just, yeah, definitely. I'm going to get married and I'm going to have kids. And I'm like, wow, where I thought I'd be at 35 and where I actually was is two completely different things, bro. But being now, I just had my birthday recently. So being yeah, now yeah. Uh, firmly in my late 30s, Firmly <laughs> pushing forty, real forty's coming, boy. There's only two years um, left. There's only two years left. I'm to bust the rhyme shit. I have to start doing that every birthday now, isn't it? There's, there's only one year, year left. left. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. No, 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 no. It's coming. There's only one year left. Um, hey, who, just just as we keep moving, who do you think Buster Rhymes could battle on verses? Oof. Uh, yeah, that would be a good battle, you know. That would be dope. I was, thinking, I was thinking you could fat Joe battle. That would actually be. I'm trying to think of a better matchup, but that would be dope, you know. Fat Joe versus because both of them got club bangers. 
Mm. Both of them got the old school New York grimy street rap. Like if, if they want to take it to that, they can go back to back for ages with that mixtape type of shit. Don't let, don't let Buster draw for them flip mode shit. And don't let don't let uh, Fat Joe draw for that um that Tres name fucking um oh, forgot the name of his crew now. Terror Squad. Don't let him like Terror Squad versus Flip Mode. Bro, that shit's gonna you just got me that's it. That's the that's the next battle. That's the next battle. Fucking text Swiss beats, text flipping Timberland. Gonna put it out there. versus Fat Joe. You smashed him. I can't think of a better matchup at all. I'd like to hear that. I'd like to hear that on the old um, playlist. That'd be good, man. That'd be good. That'd be something to think about. Somebody get them man on Vlad TV talking about that shit. Wow. <laughs> Joe oh, versus Buster. Bro, do you know how do you know, the, the thing is their catalogues, yeah, are long. Like yeah. this, that they could battle for hours. They've done three, would you say three decades maybe? Yeah. Early noughties. I don't think Buster's done anything in the past. Yeah, has he been on some things in the past ten years? In the past yeah, he must have. From two thousand ten to two thousand twenty. Um he's been he's been I think he's been involved in some underground stuff like because he's been doing um you know like he's got that company the conglomerate yeah and i think i think that thing is bigger than what i actually realized like i'm not real versed in what's going on with the conglomerate but i think that might even be a label and there might be like loads of underground cats on it i think he's been involved in a lot of stuff man and it's just maybe not as as what you know i mean as what you might want it to be um I'm excited to, to see that, bro. I'm, honestly, I'm trying to think, and I can't think of anybody who would be a better matchup for either of them. Um, nah. Potentially, uh, what, L? Nah, L.O. Cool J's kind of a bit earlier. Nah, L.O. wouldn't. Um, something to think about. Something to think about. Um, I have to think about this. Make our own little battle. Maybe we could do our own little playlist battle. Uh, you could throw Snoop in there. It could be Snoop versus Buster or Snoop versus... I think Snoop versus Fat Joe wouldn't... I think Snoop's a bit bigger than Fat Joe. He's probably bigger than both of them, to be fair. He's bigger... He's bigger in stature. And I'm probably going to get murdered for saying this. Ooh. But has he got... Yeah, he probably has. Could he go 20 records? Yeah, he could. Of course he could. Come on, he's got the cat. Look, he he's from the same era as them, and they all they all. The thing of the thing about Fat Joe as well is, yeah, Fat Joe's got he's a long underground history. He might have joints from the eighties, bro. I don't even no, know when he's nineties. I reckon. reckon? Early, yeah, Joe Joe was with digging in the crates, and he had um. Uh, and Buster, I want to flow, Joe. He's at a new school. Yeah, and he was with the Umar, and he was with Tribe Called Quest and stuff. Um. But I think it'd be Buster, then Snoop, then Joe in terms of when they came out. But Oh, I remember seeing some videos with a fresh faced Joe in some dilapidated ghetto looking uh place with rubble and shit all fucked up in the background, just rapping, like rapping and rapping and rapping. and and it, and it was like the kind of tune that I ain't never heard on an album or never heard on a mixtape or nothing. And he's, he's probably got loads of drinks from that era. Mm-hmm. And that could have been early nights. That could have been like ninety one or ninety two. Um, but then it makes me think he probably had shit from the eighties. He probably had shit from eighty eight, eighty nine. I'm really shit. 
either unreleased or just stuff that that was just out like you know like a, a mix that maybe didn't make much noise or a demo yeah. tape you know what i mean just like a demo tape that you're passing around to labels and shit probably he probably had shit from the age digging in the crew that leads us nicely onto music man sort of um i don't know if you want to move on quickly what you've been uh what you've been listening to boy um I've been listening to just a couple of projects, you know, and most of them have come real recently. Nice, um, nice. I've got to send a big shout out to Coops, who is a young man that I respect a whole lot. Um, he's signed to Flip Trips' late high focus records and in the UK, and he's put out this eight tracker, 23 minutes long, yeah? Mm. EP called Crimes Against Creation. Um, so he's someone who he dropped his album Life in the Flesh last year no not last year 2018 um, and then he had uh, was it Lost Soul in 2014 but man and um, yeah he's just someone that just rhymes with like that, the kind of style that really resonates with me, man. Like, you know, nice. he says what he thinks. He doesn't pull any punches. Um, and he's got a real, like, old school kind of boom bap kind of style. Um, nice. And it, uh, he leads this project with this track called um, Boom Biddy Bye. Yeah, I'm looking <laughs> at it now. Yeah. And he's got one bar in there where he says, some, he says something like, I'm going to mess up the bar, but he says something to the effect of, who, who the fuck gentrified hip hop? It feels like I'm. Um, oh no! Who the fuck let the gentrification in? It feels like I'm in a bar in Dalston where they won't let black people in. <laughs> <laughs> he just something like that on the first track on his on his album. So he just let everybody know, all right, this is where I'm at with it. This is where it's at. See, I'm gonna look into it, man. Carries on like that. Yeah, yeah. Nice, nice, nice. Bullshit, man. Go check that out. Coops, crimes against creation. creation. Nice, nice, nice. Is that me or you? What is going up next? What's something else you be listening to? Well, you want me to carry on? No. I can carry on. Uh, yeah. So there's this you called The Baby. Yes, we know The Baby. <laughs> um, it, it, yeah, it's 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 uh it's not really like something I would say is amazing, but you know I checked it out. It's got some bounce to it, you know. If you um if you got a car and you just want some shit that you can just bump in your whip, um you're not paying attention to the lyrics too much, you know. You just vibes in with it. You will like mm. that. You'll probably like the song Rockstar with Ruddy Rich. That's yeah, that was number one. Song. I think that was done really well. There you go. Um, your favorite Megan the Stallion is on there, and your old favorite Ashanti is on there as well. Oh, God, don't get me started on, on the same record. So, if there's a video for that song, Nasty, hey, uh, we might have to watch that. Um, and he's got Quavo and he's got Future on there, so and really, so you know, that, that's the type of vibe we're talking about here. And a boogie with a hoodie, nice, nice. Um, something that's probably complements that world that I listened to today. There's a new Pop Smoke album. Uh, shoot for the Stars. Yeah, Shoot for the Stars, Aim for the Moon. Yeah, man. And I did like this. I liked the first Pop Smoke album a while back. And this one, um, once I got past sort of the shitty uh, Quavo bars and some of the uh, 
Quavo and Future things I weren't really feeling. But uh, he's got a song on there with Little Baby and The Baby, so there's a whole lot of babies on there, man. Mm. Um, I like the New York record. Um, the Woo, obviously, I think that was the first single from it. Uh, and some of the earlier records on there. Uh, 44 Bulldog Gangsters was good. And he's obviously got that drill, drill sound, so it's sad that he's obviously passed. Uh, but I heard the album's done really well and it's worth checking, it's worth playing at loud volume. So definitely check that out. And I've heard they've, uh, they've arrested five possible suspects from his murder. I heard Robin the same. Murder. I heard the very same, which is encouraging. Because um, sometimes you feel like the, maybe the police don't necessarily investigate um, murders as well when they happen in the black community. Mm. Um, but this one, it seems like, you know, they're, they're right, man. Mm. And, um, yeah, I, I really like this album. Um, I really like Pop Smoke, man. I think he's dope. I hope yeah. he's got more material in the studio and we might just hear another album from him. Um, I know I've said in the past when someone has just verses lying on a hard drive, maybe you don't, you don't need to really dust them together and put a project out. But this you man, he didn't even get a chance to get started. He was just... He was just, just getting going. He's, what, 20 years old? Yeah, young. Three. Yeah, we need... And now he's mixing the UK hit. UK drill sound with the production and then the, the New York rapping style, and he was really bringing it together. And I know he went on tour with Skepta as well, and there was a relationship. So we want to see more links between New York and London because it's similar but different. There are cousins... New York's mad, mad similar to London, or lots of little, lots of big Londons. Obviously, each bar is different, but yes, um, he um, had that hit Dior, which uh, appears as a bonus track on the end of this album. Nice, nice. Um, with with that UK drill sound, like uh, you you just said. Them eight oh eight slides. So um, yeah, man. I, honestly, I think that's the best album uh, I've heard in a while from from a you know that an, an artist a new kind of artist like that you know mm-hmm. yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna go ahead and give this i'm gonna go ahead and give this four pints i liked it i'm with you man i think the fact that he's passed as well and he's sort of letting us see the potential and hopefully there's more more products more records put out to support his family and what's going on so we give that a solid four um Fly God, Westside Gun dropped another project. Fly God is an awesome god. My God, this guy! Did you see the video of the guy ordering McDonald's in the voice of uh, Westside Gun? He says, "This is what Westside would be if he was ordering McDonald's." And he's like, "Yo, I'd like a, it's like I like a Big Mac and Big Mac and fries. Hold the soda and ice." And he with the ad libs and it's so so funny. So we really, um, I've only heard some of it. Because I was just been busy and I've I've not had a proper chance to take it in, but um, did you do the side effects as well. I yeah, yeah. dip my nuggets in the sauce like do 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 do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no soda. <laughs> it's really funny. Pull up at the driveway like screw. Pull up at the driveway, no takeaway. Do 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 do. Anyway, um. The only records I did hear that really stood out was the um, was the Stove God Cooks records. So I was a big fan of Stove God Cooks, who was sort of um, a protege, you could say, of Rock Marciano. He dropped that project where Rock Marciano did all the beats a few months ago, and that's really good. So check out Steve God Cooks' his solo album. But 
did tracks with West Side Gun. Uh, one more hit. I've been playing a lot, but I haven't really got past that. So I want to get into the album properly. But this this guy doesn't stop, man. He just drops project after project. If it's not him, it's it's Benny. If it's not Benny, it's um, Conway. Conway, and then it's just relentless. And they got a female artist as well, who's pretty dope as well. So I wondered if this Stove God uh, was a a new member on Griselda. Mm, um, no, no. Okay, because there's a, there was a number of names in this project that I wasn't familiar with. Uh, one of them was uh, featured on that track 12, Great Minder. Um, this guy called Sadhu Gold, who seems to be a producer and a rapper. Um, and um, that track is kind of like a reworking of a classic... MF Doom song off the Mad Villainy project. Okay. Um, and when you when you listen to it, like track twelve, like Westside Gun isn't even on it. It's literally just this guy Sandy Gold going in on a beat out. that he made. So that made me want to go and check out some of his own stuff. And he's got a couple of projects out. It looks like he's quite a new artist. He just dropped his first stuff in 2019, uh, from what I can see in Apple Music. So I'm looking forward to getting to know this Sandy Gold. If I had to describe him. He sounds like a cross between your old Droog and Earl Sweatshirt from an odd few. So okay. he's firmly in that that kind of alternative rap. What's the record kind of, called? Uh, you know what I mean? Oh, Sadu uh, Interlude. Okay, yeah, I see it, yeah. Yeah. No, okay. it's the track 12, Grind, uh, what's it called? Oh, Crime, Great. Great Minder. Great Minder. Because there's a Sadu Interlude before that. Okay, I'll check it out. Um, yeah, Westside does that, man. It, it's just, the, just his idea for like, he creates art, so he's probably like, if there's an artist who sounds good on the on the song or whatever, he may even just take a back seat. Like he doesn't even see himself as a rapper, which I really like. Like he is a good rapper. He's a very good rapper. But um, just going back to Conglomerate, you were talking about Buster Rhymes earlier. That Stove God Cooks is on Conglomerate Entertainment. So that could ah. be. And Rock Marciano used to be, well, was in the UN, and the UN was with Buster Rhymes, wasn't it? This is this is right, yeah. Okay. Come full circle. Doing your Googles, yeah? <laughs> Spotify, my friend. Spotify is a wonderful thing. It tells you, uh, it tells you the information of the, the when the project's put out. So that's what, need. that's what you need, man. Information is king. Information um, is king. What else you been listening to, my guy? What, what would you give that? What would you give that Fly God project there? I can't even. I'll, I'll give it. Well, I'll give all these projects five pints just because, like, You're I just think, Westside yeah, stamp. massive, massive Griselda fan. I haven't listened to this properly, so I don't want to say yet. Um, it does sound very sample heavy, like he's flipping the samples, he's rapping over the samples, um, almost sort of like what Ghostface did, where he'd just rap over the whole record uh, on, like, some Motown shit, he'd just rap on it. So, um, and I do think that, the way Westside raps is a whole new version of Raekwon mixed with Dogsface. That whole sort of slang, he talks to you, he sort of sings out certain lines, he accentuates certain lines and draws it out. So it's a modern day Gambino rap, which obviously is is, is our bag, is my thing, man. Um, I was listening to uh, Only Built for Cuban Links the other day. I went for a run. Well, I've been running a lot, as you know, so. I went through the whole Only Built for Cuban Links album. because um flawless, flawless. Well, uh, personally, I can't I can't say he's up there with Ray and Ghost. No, um, no. 
And, uh, I, I, yeah, I don't, I don't think, I don't think this is going to get four pints from me. So personally, it'd be something like a three or a three and a half. Um, three and some shots. I'll give it three and, <laughs> yeah, three and a half is me being generous there. Wow. I just think no. it's kind of average, man. I don't think I'd ever listen to it again. I'm not going to lie to you. Did but you the, that so, Coops album, I'm giving that four pints because I played it again and again and again. It made me want to play it again. And the same with Pop Smoke. They played it again, again, and again. Westside Gun, Fly God is, is an awesome God too. I played it once. Had no desire to come back to it again. Interesting, interesting. So. That's fair enough. See, the Pop Smoke one, I'd listen to it once and not get anything from it mm-hmm. and think, okay, this is just running the mill. Where they got with the um, Westside Gun, I'd have to listen to it lots of times to unpack the different artists and the way they're rapping, what they're saying, the samples, the production and the way it's all put together. So I think his projects, Pray For Paris, most recently, which was, like, fucking really good. I'd, you know, I'm still listening to that. I'm going back to that. Um, you know, everything he does, you, you can sit on it, and it lasts, um, and you can. it takes a long while to break it all down, rather than some other stuff that's maybe just very short and hit you, and then that's it, onto the next, like a short fix. This is like a long fix. I definitely want to check out your guy that you recommended, uh, Coops, Crimes Against Creation. Yeah, if you like a bit of a boom bap, you're going to like that. Nice, um, man. But for the new age guy, oh yeah, one thing he did on there actually was he implemented all old tune. So on the last track, End Times, he brings in a little sort of sync, which for an for old school boom bap type of style is... It's actually, it's actually worth mentioning. It's actually remarkable that somebody with that type of style would even consider using auto-tune because that's seen as a bit of a taboo. Mm-hmm. Um, and I gotta admit, man, like the way he did it was fucking dope. Like it, it, that actually made me start looking at auto-tune a little bit differently. It started making me think the way that these these younguns are using it these days as well. Because remember when um, Jay Z did DOA, the Death of Auto-tune? Yeah. Uh, it was like a time when everybody, like Ron Browse was out and everybody was doing all this <laughs> terrible fucking sounding water tune stuff. And Jay-Z had to say, look, man, stop all of this shit. Like, Jay, like fucking Kanye can do it. T-Pain can do it. But most of you guys sound shit. Um, and I was with Jay. I was like, yeah, allow it. Like, let's yeah. kill the water tune in hip-hop. But it kind of just didn't go away. It, it, it kind of quietened down for a while. But then what happened was the newer generation jumped on it and ran with and now it's just everywhere mm. so uh, it was interesting that someone like Coops would experiment with it and I think he did it in a very dope way man so nice. um, yeah man that's good interesting Thanks. interesting projects there to listen to how are we for time? time we've gone overtime extra time we've been coming up to an hour and 39 wow okay mm. I think we should we put a pin in it yeah. Is that the same? I've not heard one. I've not heard that one. It sounds like putting a pin in a pinata or something. I think put a pin in it is like an idea for later. Maybe that's the wrong word. Should we just, uh, we should put a... Uh, take a, a brain check. No, take call a brain check. A call it a day. Call it time out, pause, till the next week. Weekend. Quick couple of shouts. Uh, for some stuff going on URL. They've got the Gnome uh, 10 battle rap event coming up. 
Really looking forward to that tonight. Um, some really fucking dope battles on the card. Gnome standing for uh, night of main events. So all big fucking battles. Loaded Lux versus Sue Surf. Um, I feel like Loaded Lux should take that. Daylight versus Tayrock. I feel like Daylight should take that. I've got Tayrock. No, you got Tay for that. All right. We've got Geechee Gotti versus A Verb. I'm excited for that one. Um, I I hope A Verb can take it, but from when I've seen Verb in the past, he's, sometimes he's on fire, sometimes he's not. So mm. we'll see. John John, I think John John's style is fucking crazy, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I think he's really witty. Um, I'm not too well versed in ill will, so I'm interested to see how that's going to go down. Mike P is a savage. I think might be versus the saga against the saga is another one I don't know too much about. So I'm I'm, I'm going to go with Mike P because I know what he's about and I like him. Okay. Um, and then they've got Jay, the last one, Jay, the night wing versus Fonz. No idea who either of those guys are, but apparently they're another main event type of, uh, I'm, I'm expecting every battle to be absolutely fire. So that's tonight. And um, it should be f- free on the caffeine app i don't know if you can watch that back but for our listeners maybe you can go onto url and you can watch the the battles on the ultimate rap league and shout out to smack yeah is it with is it with smack yeah smack smack is the guy that that uh, runs url mm. is it a url thing oh it is is it there yeah sorry url i was looking at the artwork i couldn't see it they, the artwork looks mad, like they've done caricature, like they've done character illustrations of all the all the all the rappers. Um, Stop, man! Like, look, the, bro, it, URL are fucking killing it in battle rap, man. Like the graphics, the images, like the way they do the flyers and the way they hype everything up. They do these little movie trailers, and the way that they film the events, everything just looks like a movie. Everything looks cinematic. Everything looks crazy, and then they've they've really built up this pay per view. Um, the pay-per-view what's the word I'm looking for um, they really built it up into a huge pay-per-view um, business model mm-hmm. um, which is which is just which is great because it makes it exciting it makes everybody get excited and want to tune in live and and right now you're actually getting these main event battles for free during quarantine where they can't go to a venue and battle live in person um, although actually I think the last time I saw a battle on caffeine they were squaring up to each other okay. but this is just the, it's just the rappers working and you're not going to have the whole crowd like thousands of people in the crowd do you know what I mean yeah so I think that can I guess throw it come... sometimes the crowds it's like, it's like watching a football with no crowd it can definitely uh, definitely have an, add an effect and if you're a rapper and then the crowd's not feeling your bars or booing you or they're throwing um, they're showing bias towards another artist it can it can unnerve you so it'll be interesting to see if there's no one in the crowd just bars straight up yeah I've watched a couple of these events as well on the caffeine app and yeah you're 100% right bro but um, it it does have an effect but I think this is going to be fucking dope and I might just get the caffeine app and stream it you can do it online you don't need the app so you can just log on to caffeine.com Oh, on your computer Um, and the other thing I would shout out as well uh, not really shout out but talk about is the um, the UFC event tonight? Um, so it's it's Fight Island, which is uh, an all new thing for the UFC. They've been talking about it for quite some time. Um, mm. The concept of it is sick, bro. It's kind of like 
it's kind of like uh, Battle Royale. Like, have you ever seen that movie called Battle Royale? Or yeah, 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 yeah. Where they're all sort of out to kill each other. Yeah. Yeah, or like the Hunger Games. See, it's kind of something like that. Like where they've all gone to an island. They've got a whole bunch of fighters on an island. I don't think they're gonna have a battle royale, <laughs> but they they've taken a whole bunch of fighters out to an island to have uh, these fights. Um, and it's just exciting, man. And the main event is Usman versus Masvidal. Uh, can't tell you a whole lot about Usman, but Masvidal is the famous guy that did the fastest knockout, um, which we've seen recently, where he knocked out a guy in like five seconds with a flying knee, flying knee to the bottom. Yeah, that is crazy. I think the guy he thought was British as well. <laughs> I might be wrong. But I remember the guy having a whole lot of trash talk. And it was just so satisfying to see him getting knocked out so quickly because he was talking so much crud. <laughs> That's it. You got it. It does humble you. It does humble you. Um, and uh, so, yeah, yeah. I'm, 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 I'm actually, I don't know what's going to happen with Usman, but Masvidal's got a crazy record. He's had loads more fights than Usman has. Um, so it's going to be exciting to see if Usman's ready to fight a real war veteran, man. Like Masvidal was a real savage. He was doing all the, the kind of street fights like how um, Kimbo Slice was before in yeah, the yeah, UFC. Yeah. Um, okay. So he, he's a guy that just loves to brawl, man. He loves to scrap. He's lost loads of fights. He don't yeah. give a fuck. He just, he'll fight anybody. Um, and Usman's only had about 17, 18 fights and Masvidal's had something like 40-odd fights. So, wow. yeah. So, uh, let's see if Usman can do it, man. Masvidal's going to be the man to beat. Mad, mad. All right, watch this space. Um, I'm going to sign off. I've been Ben English, English, your host with the most, at Beer at Bants. Host with your most, no need to boast. Raise your glass and let's have a toast. Mm. Um, I've been Cal Sirius. Um, as always, rest in peace to, to, to all the people that passed. And peace and love to you and your blood clot. And we are. <laughs> Hey, good work today, man. Good work. It flowed. It flowed nicely.